Hey everybody, it's Aaron and Greg with Hunt Hard Talk Free. We're on episode 12. This episode is sponsored by Ballistics Custom Turrets. Today we've got Josh Hamilton with the Wild Sheep Society of BC with us. Thanks for coming in, Josh. You bet. It's a pleasure. And uh, tell us a little bit about the Wild Sheep Society. Uh, Wild Sheep Society of BC is a registered uh, nonprofit, um, similar much to like the umbrella of the Wild Sheep Foundation, the, the North American mothership kind of we're operating just in bc yeah uh separate board but definitely affiliated with the main organization similar to them they're keep the keep and put sheep on the mountain ours is uh protect or enhance wild sheep and wild sheep habitat really so uh, i was uh, i think founded about 25 years ago um i think it was kind of a bunch of guys in williams lake kind of the fraser system and that's kind of expanded over time and then when Corey Green and Rob Inglett started the Northern Fundraiser a few years ago, then it's kind of really spearheaded what we've been doing in the North and and where we're at now. But yeah, we've got some stuff to stuff on the go that we've been able to develop over the last uh, few years now, and we're kind of getting the ball rolling. And obviously, because of COVID, we're not having our Northern Fundraiser, but right, it's normally a big a big do. Yeah, we're kind of pivoting as much as we can and try to see what we can make work. I think we've come up with a pretty good plan. It's still, you know, lots of working out to do on it, but yeah. it's why, coming along. Why do you think there was a need to open up the northern chapter of the Wild Sheep, or not even the northern, the, the BC, well, I guess it would be the north that we're focusing on, the northern chapter of the Wild Sheep Society? Um, well, I'm, I'm not sure what their original discussions were. Yep. I mean, uh, I think any time when you kind of bring that conservation piece I mean, there's a lot of passionate hunters in the north. And, yeah. You know, and probably different um, needs in the north than they're focusing on on the south as well. So And kind 100%. of a border. You got thin horns in the north and you have big horns big horn. in the south. Yeah. So you kind of, you have that natural border. I mean, cut the mountains yeah. off. It's yeah. region seven, region six, and then your southern part. So, yeah. And I think even where one of the biggest things is just where, like, it's all volunteer. So it's like wherever these people were from, they're yep. probably looking into their local projects. Makes sense. nearby projects. And I think it's just over the evolution of the society that we're, it's not only here till now. Like yeah, there's Alberta There's other areas of BC that we still don't have real strong, uh, like, people on the board. Gotcha. But, you know, the membership has come up. We're getting more memberships, membership members reaching out from those areas. Yep. And then, like last year, we were able to have projects and put funding into every region that has sheep in BC. So that's, that's awesome. That's a big, that's a milestone, right? And then, and then we start to look at okay, like what, what, what needs what, where, and what are, are those different limiting factors on sheep populations, yep. and where where can work actually be done? I mean, when we look at some of the wildlife management issues, there's there's only so many levers that you can pull or that can be pulled or that you can fund. Yep. So, you know, trying to fu- develop those relationships with provincial government or whoever, the other stakeholders, and try and make those things work. And then we can just act as like a funding program where local groups can come forward with a project. We can partner on projects. Yep. What we're starting to see now is we're actually spearheading the projects. Oh, and yeah. that's kind of a new new development for us over the last few years. But they've done wonderful things like with uh, – the Fraser River system, yeah, and looking at the movie for that herd, and that'll be going into year three of that project. So we're starting to see a lot of the fruit of the labor now. Yeah, I guess so. Then now the goal is to keep it going, and then COVID yeah, and I think happens. you get more boots on the ground <laughs> these days too. A lot more volunteers for counts and everything down south too. I think so. Yeah, there's a lot of areas we see that I think 
a lot of local run gun clubs have done a lot over the years yep. and it's kind of been more of that local grassroots efforts for these different sheep populations yep. um, there is benefit in kind of having that one place common voice in a lot of way uh, as the society has developed I mean the committees the project committees the communication committees like it's it's just developing those groups where the efficiency starts to kick yeah. in yeah. and that's really going really well that's awesome yeah so what kind of projects are you guys focusing on right now? Uh, up here, um, I guess when we first got rolling, we were part of like a bison inventory. And that was just trying to figure out what the bison are doing, how, what's, the, what's the winter habitat they're like, what's, you know, is it affecting sheep population? So we were able to start to fund some of those side projects. And is that focusing on the Pink Mountain herds correct. for the most part? Yeah, yeah, yeah correct. Yeah. Um, and then we got into... Uh, Robin Rutledge started the the Williston Health Herd Assessment, and what that's doing is that's kind of taking the new provincial template for when they go in, they call, capture collar, uh, movie test, um, do the telemetry, the full health herd assessment. That's the new kind of staple that they're putting around BC. And yep. So Robin was able to apply for funding. Uh, that one's actually from the Fish and Wildlife Compensation Fund. Hmm. And that's kind of what's doing that. So that's how we kind of leverage all dollars. So, like, we have our membership dollars and our fundraising dollars, but if we're going to spend, like, five grand of our own money building a project that's, you know, 60000 for each year. Yeah. Right. Right? And then try to find those different funding pots that we can use. So then we did that, and then with uh, Northeast BC Wildlife Fund uh, through the, like, Stone Mountain Muskoka Corridor, mm -hmm. we've been partnering with them for the last few years on the salting program. Mm -hmm. Getting and that was the highway and everything, yeah. Yeah, and they've been doing it pretty successfully over the years. Like, it's all, it's kind of, you know, using that local knowledge, It's they've, it's been having an effect and keeping the mortality down compared to what it used to be. Yep. We, they kind of know the trouble spots. Um, so, yeah, it's a neat program. We were able to help and take it, and then we got uh, some recommendations where to switch kind of the methods, and we switched to, like, a granular uh, in burlap sacks that decompose without having that point of contact like on a salt block and yep. try to bring the science side into it too. Right. <laughs> and then looking at, you know, monitoring, how we're going to monitor to try to quantify how much the mortality is affecting anything, you know, whether it's the rock cut or munch or whatever. Yep. And then the biggest thing, one of the things, I mean, when we look at a sheep in the north, we kind of have, you know, there's, there's many limiting factors. Uh, there's habitat and there's predation and harvest, I guess, would be your, your biggest three, you know, yep. and, then, and then vehicle mortality as well. Right. But that's quite unique to just certain areas where there's the highway, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With yeah, and a pretty good travel corridor in some of those spots. So it, it, the rock cut, I mean, there's sheep crossing that range all the time, it seems, no yeah. matter what type of year yeah. it is, so... And just sometimes the lambs just don't get out of the way is the problem, right? <laughs> and, you know, big trucks can't stop on a dime. You know, they yeah. can slow down. They can do all kinds of things. So, yeah. you know, does it have to come down to some engineering or what can be done, you know, like to mitigate that? I don't know. There's there's all kinds of options, and it's just like, okay, well, what's what's the possibilities, I yeah. guess? Yeah. What's going to be the most efficient? And what's affordable and efficient? Yeah. 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 Yeah, but you kind of got to look at everything and kind of dream big, right? Yeah. Like, and then... Yep see what kind of plan you can develop you'd be surprised i think how you can get a lot of people on on board to do some pretty big projects if you can build the rationale right yeah oh yeah so then one of the other things we hear lots from our members is the burning 
Yeah, prescribed fire. And that's something that's been done in the north for a long time, and then it's not been utilized over the last few years. So trying to develop and work with provincial government to really find where what what wasn't working and what that application needs to look like and what it needs to address, and then develop the rationale and have the monitoring piece. And we've got the health piece now with UNBC uh, coming on. So it's kind of it's 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 been a little bit of a road to get here but we're pretty confident next year we're going to be igniting the start of a like a multi-year burn program nice yeah that's and that, awesome and that'll really kind of be able to set the stage for what's what's the holding capacity of our winter habitat yep and we can start to design that winter habitat and and go from there so yep. you unbc's involvement are they doing counts or are they doing what what's UNBC's involvement in? their portion of interest would be to test the hormone response on burn versus unburned winter range and the stress levels of the use oh yeah so we're going to collect uh, uh, fecal samples yeah. and urine samples um, and then they'll test for serotonin and cortisol hmm. interesting yeah so like we want to make see if we can make that you have like a nice easy winter and relaxed fat and, and sassy yeah. all winter yeah, and then that'll yeah. try and then there's also a monitoring piece where we're looking at what's lamb. what's using that winter habitat and then qu- trying to quantify lamb recruitment off the quality of that habitat right versus non-burnt habitat yeah, yeah. that's awesome that's yeah very cool yeah i really trying to bring the science to like if we were going to have the thin horn sheep management plan like okay well what's what's what should be our high objective right right like, yeah 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 what what style of hill do you burn that's not going to turn into just straight elk habitat right exactly habitat. yeah yeah and there's risk with the caribou and there's and there's 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 wildfire risk and i mean mm-hmm. in the north there's a lot of like experience from people of the past in the north that have you've done burning programs you know whether you're in the belief that it was overburned or underburned that there was burning done and it wasn't you know, it was somewhat controlled. Yep. And then I think I think there's a lot of staff that they, they can really execute the job well nowadays. Like if we design a bur- plan, we can probably make that mark. Right. You know. Oh yeah. So trying to bring that piece back with the rationale and the science and and do it that way. Yeah. And then the, really, I think the high end goal is how can we reinstate fire as a management tool in the piece altogether, whether it is for elk or for bison. Yeah, yeah. And or, keep it rolling. Or for moose and, yeah. and kind of design our forests a bit differently. But yeah. I think the sheep is like for us and our members, like they wanted habitat prescribed fire. And yeah. and the sheep and your, those sheep burns are kind of like the low hanging fruit. Like they're pretty achievable, they're small. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you can burn those slopes, you're, you still have snowpack. They're safe. Yeah. Because um, they're, they're windswept, everything. And, yeah, they're yeah. the first clean off. So, yeah, you can get at them early and not affect. And you're going to burn up to a mountaintop or rock or over to a snowpack. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's pretty. Yeah. yeah, so I think we have a really good plan. Uh, and same thing, like, we built the plan where we, we had to put forward a little bit of money to kind of get the ball rolling, build the rationale start to get some monitoring equipment out there but now like, and then do our applications into habitat conservation trust fund and kind of get that ball rolling so now like we're coming in this year and hopefully we've made our applications and then year one we'll have all our funding to plan for year two plus complete our ignitions and then yep. do our follow-up monitoring unbc they're bringing on a grad student so that'll have bring a lot of funding for it as well for like the hell i mean and everything we do here everything is remote yeah oh like yeah. there's a there's a large in. helicopter cost to a lot of this right yes so 
you know, yeah, you can't if we ask for if we ask for more out of management, the funding has to be there too, and that's yeah. kind of where we try to help out, I guess. Is yeah. how how can the money be best utilized? And if there is, we want to help the government office whatever they can. Like we want their recommendations, and then we'll try to fill in gaps. You know, uh, there's a lot of great biologists in our staff, mm-hmm. private staff and government staff. Uh, we just need to increase the capacity of what we can do, really. And you feel that the the funding is there currently, well, and, and not that it's that it's already there for you. That you're up to date on on the numbers that you need to make these things happen. No, no, no. I don't think we're there. Okay. No, a lot more needs to be done. Yep. Yeah. And obviously, it's a it's a year to year to year. You need to bring the cash in every year. It's not going to just be there this year and yeah. we're good to go. Yeah. You have to keep on yeah. top of it. Well, I mean, for our spending, for like what we're proposing this year, like we know. I guess I kind of know. I know what we spent last year as far as the society yep. in the north, and I can kind. We can kind of forecast what we're going to spend as we continue the projects that we're, we're we've agreed upon so far. Yep. And then we hope that more stuff comes in. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Do you feel you're running more of a, a deficit though? That. Oh, we're broke right to, now. We need we, we need, need to reach out further. Where's <laughs> 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 <Just>, my wallet? <laughs> it's pretty impressive at the events, which, as we'll get into, won't be happening this year in person. Yeah. Um, and, and the money that is raised at an event, but I, I don't know if a lot of people realize what these sorts of projects cost to run from be- beginning to end, and right. they're they're a multi-year project. Yeah. And. Yeah. Uh, and that's more where I was going with that. Of course, every year we need more money, but do you feel that within a year enough money is raised to fund those projects within that year? I think it has been so far, but Good. we've also been expanding exponentially over the last few years. So right. like, what our spending is this year, I think would be hopefully what it be would be one-tenth. But it might not be our spending there. It's it's trying to build those developments. You know, government will start to have an increased capacity, hopefully, yep. as yep. well for it. Well, and after a while... A lot of places they have a hundred grand they want to designate out. If you guys are always at, yeah, getting your chop, yeah, that's what you really need is just a consistent yeah. pull. Yeah, and then on the background keep building up. But if you can pull X from these people every year, yeah, and X again, yeah, that really helps. And that's out. where we really find success with the long term projects. Like if we're going to plan a project, let's make it a multi year project. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, so you can kind of forecast out and. Partners really want to see that. And based on the success of a project, do you feel that the government has more buy-in the following years when oh, they see 100%. how successful, so they have more money or more yep. people to throw at it? Yep. Perfect. Yeah. And there, you can't do nothing nowadays if you don't really have the rationale to do it in a good... Oh, if you're not good, funding success, like, they're You not want to see what your objectives are at the yep. end, and you want to see those objectives. Yeah. So Met. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And then, and like, definitely, so for this, for this fundraiser that we're, we have coming up, and the, the work that we do in, in Region 7 and Region 6. I yep. mean, that's, I guess when we started that, that gave all the North its own pot, you know, of money to allocate to from, right? Yeah. And that, that was the nice thing that we've been able to do. And then still, like, we ran out of money and we had to go we had to go to the Southern Boys and make a motion. We had to borrow some of theirs this year, but <laughs> they're happy, they're, you know, they're always still happy to support. It's not, it's not like the, the us or it's not it's North not versus South. Yeah. 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 Well, no. it's definitely a competition when it comes to fundraising. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's fun. It's a good group of people all together, man. Yeah. You're it's working fun. together, not against each other. It's competition, yeah. but yeah. yeah. All yeah. for the same cause. Yeah. No, for sure. So, 
tell us a little bit more about the event for this year. Um, for the North, normally we, there's a massive, a sold out in Canada event center. We have a big dinner and auction and just have an awesome time. Yeah. Gotta say they've been phenomenal. To, Getting better all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Each year. Due to COVID though, it got canceled for this, this year. Yeah. So what's the Sheep Society doing in, in the North? We're still trying to kind of maintain that template as having like the, the, I guess the information piece yep. as far as the seminars yep. mm-hmm. and then kind of like the fundraiser part, which is just going to be an auction and then a timed auction and yeah, no, no dinner and we're right. still doing the raffle. Obviously this, this, this rifle here donated by the Coraline's voice, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, it's almost sold out. So there's yeah. only a couple tickets left, but so really I think what the idea is that, uh, we're going to have, it's going to be lots of it through Facebook live. Yep. So starting on February 6th, the morning. We'll do an intro. We could have a couple presentations we're going to only have, hopefully have lined up. And then on the evening, we're going to do the live auction. And that's through onlinehuntingauctions.com. Yep. So you'll want to go to there, get pre-registered, go through all the two auction lists, have a look. They're both open for bidding now. Like, you can internet bid. Oh, yeah. But for the live, it'll be go live that night. We'll have an auctioneer in Encana with us. It will be set up. Mm-hmm. What's that website again? Uh, onlineauctions.com. Onlinehuntingauctions.com. Onlinehuntingauctions.com. Look it up. Yeah. If you're listening or if you're on YouTube, you can rewind it and we'll po- post this. So uh, we'll, we'll put it in the description as well when people go to the podcast that onlinehuntingauctions.com. Yeah. Perfect. Let's, Fe- February let's 6th. And then there's the live auction and a timed auction. Perfect. Yeah. So pre-register, get signed up now. Yeah. So you and start bidding. Start bidding. Excellent. Yeah. And is it uh, limited to, I mean, it's going to get a lot more exposure than an event would because yeah. anyone across Canada can see it or into the state, anywhere in the world you can see it. Yeah. Is it limited to who can be bidding? Um, from item to item. Okay. You know, this donors have been great again. Like they've agreed lots of them to, once it goes through, we'll contact them with the, the purchase information and yep. they'll yep. ship. Okay, but so if, if you're in Ontario and you want to bid on something on this auction, no big deal. No big Being big a deal. BC, perfect. States, so, excellent. Whatever, yeah. yeah. So in yeah. theory, you should get a lot more exposure, a lot yeah. more people able to bid. Yeah. yeah. Only yeah. thing that you might not. Uh, and right. there's something for everybody. Like if you got 50 bucks or you got 20 bucks, yeah. or you got want to go on the, some of the great trips that we've got coming up there or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. There's, there's something that I think that everybody can hit on if you want to support Stone Sheep or just... Northern Northern wildlife, yeah. Oh yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, and then we still want to bring that, you know, for the people that are interested in those, some of those seminars. That's kind of we kind of use that year for everyone to kind of get their their oh, yearly I've, update. Yep, you that's know? one of the best parts. I always sneak in. You get the counts. You get some harvest information. You know, this year will be interesting because you had an influx of resident pressure versus guide outfitter pressure to yep. see. Are we maintaining killing 200 rams out of this particular area, or did it drop, or yeah. did it increase based on certain things? Like some of those numbers will be really interesting this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Looking at history, should be, be very different. <clears throat> yeah, first yeah. kind of year like this. So yeah, that's one we're trying to have. <clears throat> we want to get see if we can get that to happen. Is the harvest data? That's I mean that's that's what you want to get out there right yep. yeah i mean we were kind of able a few years ago we were able to kind of see that you know age harvest was a little bit down 
Yep. And I think I don't know, you know, it could it could be no coincidence, but it just could be everyone, you know, trying to keep on that that hey, we need to get this up, we need to get this up. And then the next year it was better. That could does that mean was that because of weather? Like August that year it was really bad, I don't know. So, I mean, when you're yeah. looking at harvest data, <laughs> I mean, that's a small piece of the puzzle. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. You know. But you start playing things together, you look at areas and harvest and age for you sure. know, the resident age demographic versus the outfitter age demographic. Did you know, did our age jump up because, yeah. you know, more more residents were shooting older rams or did we maintain a yeah. sub eight year average? Yeah, you know, it can tell a big story, you know. Yeah. For sure. So Yeah. And then again, first time sheep hunters, was this a year that a lot of them cut their teeth, you know? And I don't think they like have that. that as far as the first year success. I don't know that stat. Yeah. No, but just, you know, on the in the background oh, talk to people. Yeah, yeah talking yeah, to people yeah. like, Oh, this you know, this was the first year I went or whatever it is and, and Yeah. Yeah, that's, can, that's what we saw or heard just in the stores. A lot more people were going out because, number one, they were thinking, well, the guides and outfitters won't be pressuring the areas as much, or people just had the time yeah. where they may, might not have had that time before. Well, I can take a week off, COVID, I'm working from home, whatever the story is. We saw an influx of hunters coming up from the south, even though you're supposed to stay in your region. It definitely wasn't the case, and um, a lot... I'm not going to say a lot more. Just from what we saw and heard, it seemed like there were a lot more people heading up sheep hunting. Yeah, I've heard that. I never got it. I never made it out. I, the first year in like 12 years that I haven't even bought a sheep tag. Yeah, yeah. We had a COVID baby, so we had like oh, a, nice. We had a baby in February last year. Yeah. yeah. So I had one in March. I was on house arrest. I was. Me too. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> like there was no go to the mountains this the year. The old ankle brace. It <laughs> yeah. was beeping every time you left. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Pretty well. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Ours was two days before COVID kicked in. Cohen was born. Yeah. So yeah. I was allowed in the hospital, but the day we got kicked out, I wouldn't have been allowed to stay for the whole time or, or come and go and head home to pick up stuff. Crazy. Oh, wow. So yeah. Yeah. COVID babies, fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't hit the mountains either. Yeah. That's funny. Not this season. Next. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm glad somebody did. Yeah. yeah I wasn't gotta waiting around. Yeah. Gotta enjoy it. My babies are old. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and then, I mean, it's it's the sheep side in, in itself. I mean, if you're not a member, like, definitely sign up. I mean, it's uh, it's a good group. There's good things happening all over BC. Like, we're kind of touching on some of the north things, but... There's a lot of good things. There isn't really a sheep herd that we're not willing to look at and try yep. to figure out something that we can do, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. And uh, for memberships, tell us a little bit about that. So if, if people want to be buying memberships, do they just go online and to the yep. Wild Sheep Society BC? And yep. That's the best way to do it. Like until we start to have in-person events again, and then you can buy one at the event. We'll try, we try to do the Fort St. John trade show every year, and that's a good spot to come and meet and chat too, right? And yeah. I think for membership, it's still nice to get those face-to-face ones, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's where you get really get it. And then there's the, there's all different tiers of membership. There's the life membership, and then we've got the monarch system as well now. So, yeah. There's all kinds of ways. I mean, there's between raffles, um, memberships, like there is kind of a place for everyone there too, right? Yeah. 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 All different ways you can support yeah. the society. Yeah. <clears throat> right from like you say, the, the fifty dollar raffle yeah. up to the, the high end memberships up the, the top if you want to continue to yeah. work your way up. Yeah. To all the gear. 
Yeah. Your shirts, your hats. Yeah. They've got some awesome stuff now, too. Great yeah. swag every year, and it changes up. Yeah, I, I go on the website once in a while just to kind of keep up. I mean, it's you, I go to just see if it's updated, and yeah. I think they do a pretty good job nowadays of keeping that updated. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Did you so did you had a good trip? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, no, good trip. <laughs> Tell yeah. us more about that, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us more. Yeah. No, we had a yeah, we had a good time. Yeah, it started off it was thirty plus above out just sweat factory and then it actually just went right in the opposite direction and got half pleasant. Bugs were horrible. You know, the yeah. typical sheep we went early just for timing wise, that's the only time I could sneak out. So yeah, we ended up we got two nice rams on our trip, and hmm. wouldn't trade them in, I'll tell you. No, that's good. That's good, yeah. <laughs> wouldn't trade them in, eh? That's yeah, right. wouldn't trade those ones up, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so stone hunt, so yeah, we never, I never got a chance to do any big horn hunting or anything. It was a pretty quiet year for us, too. Yeah. It was busy around here, so wasn't lots of time to sneak away and yeah. hide out, so yeah. Yeah. No complaints, good. but yeah, it's a pretty sad year, unless you have a good excuse like you guys. <laughs> if you don't go up in the mountains, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've gone, I've been lucky. I've been, uh, I think in 12 years or whatever, 13 years, I was able to, there's a lot of years I was able to do many trips a year, you know, and then I got into the guiding side of it and I've really enjoyed that. That's been, that's been really well. Still guiding now? Yeah, I didn't do anything this year at all. Right. right? But, but, yeah. But still. And it's not like I'll go and do whole seasons. I was cherry picking a couple here and a couple there. And nice. I got to go work for a great friend in the Northwest Territories once. And awesome. Yeah. yeah. Stuff like oh, that. Oh, it mixes it up. It's You get all the fun about hunting. You meet a bunch more people. You get immersed in different areas and territories. And Yeah. Well, where can you go and shoot three or four doll rams in a season, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's pretty hard to have a miserable time. Oh. <laughs> I've been in enough bad situations in there that I feel like it's pretty hard to just not enjoy it now. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Between horse wrecks and bears and oh. boat wrecks and <laughs> <laughs> boats, horses, bears and airplanes and airplanes, helicopters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a beautiful piece of country you got in the north, like really. Like it's we're pretty fortunate. You know, there's a lot of like just to have the MK right there. Yep. I mean, we often forget kind of just how important it is when you look at the rest of North America and, yeah, you know, oh. keeping it keeping it the way it is and yep. making sure it lasts. It's big time. It's a big chunk of dirt, isn't it? Oh. Yeah. I've been going up there for since I could go up there, and I still have just barely just Scratched pockets it. of it. Yeah. You know, and you think, oh yeah. yeah, I've been here, been there, and then you look at the map and you're like. I don't even know where that is. You could spend you, a lifetime checking it out. How yeah. to get but there. then, but then, like, how do you not want to go back to those amazing spots that you've been to, right? Or you've gone to a space and it's beat up, and you're just like, oh, I might have just done it a little bit wrong. Like, I can go back and yeah, like, Let's revisit this, revisit one that bit. one. Yeah, yeah it's all be good, another man. pop up. Should have come on the downwind side of that, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. There was a big one in there. Just check, didn't check out that right fork in the valley. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And some of that dirt, yeah, you tromp over every year, similar spots, and it changes. You know, like, yeah, it's just wow. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the future of sheep hunting? Is do you feel that BC is going to go to a draw system, or do you think it? We've got a few more years of open tag system. What? What, what are your thoughts on that? That's a big question. Yeah, I don't know if I'm qualified to answer that. <laughs> and this is all opinions. <laughs> you know what they say about opinions. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, what are our options? So, like, where we are right now. Yep. 
it's and I mean you guys are doing sustainability and numbers and you'll have all that information more than I would kind yeah. of thing so with all of that coming into coming into play I mean we've got where we are now where anyone can just buy a tag over the counter and go for a hunt if they choose to I mean a lot of people when they're getting into it aren't aware of how grueling it can be and what access is like to get into areas and stuff but do you feel that it'll stay where it's at or we'll get to a point where it'll just go limited entry or I'd like to say no I think when you look at it I mean there's obviously there's either increased pressure yep uh, a lack of wildlife Mm mm-hmm or all these other factors, right? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you can do some work to try and prevent that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For sure. I think uh, when, when you look at it, um, access is a, a thing, right? Yeah. You, uh, you look at the history of BC just as it's grown. Yeah. Like, all these sheep herds from the south, them getting in restriction. When I, where I grew up, there was a general open season. Yeah. And now it's facing its second die-off, you know, like, and they went to LEH. I remember being in the meeting as a youngster, and they go into LEH, and they think, oh, yeah, it'll come back in a few years, and we'll open it back up. Well, it's not the case, right? right. Just because those objectors for the population aren't really there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, for what we have here, it's still very much intact, right? Yes. I mean, and whether... whether and then the historical data we have kind of goes back to a point in time, say like 1960, where we start to have some idea of, of population density or whatever. And the rest is, you know, local and traditional knowledge, what they say, or what do the books say? Yeah. What do some of the literature, what the explorers documents say, right? Yeah. And try to bring a little bit of that piece in. So then you can start to have a bit more of a full picture, right? Yeah. Like it's hard to gauge what trajectory we're on when all these other things are moving, right? Yeah. So, and then, you know... I don't. I don't like to think that oh, LEH for all the north would be the answer. It's like, well, why? Like they have different access issues. They have different sheep densities. They have yep. different habitat. Yep. And that has to be looked at individually, right? So we don't even have the data to say, okay, what are they? Is there are there groups of sheep? Is this completely continuous populations? There's high density areas, low density areas. You know, frequently seen areas in transition. Yep. Like. Where are we at? I mean, I think we can see with caribou that, you know, it's better to be proactive than reactive as far as For co- sure. cost and efficiency. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think with any plan, there's an outcome and that outcome has more detail. Right. So right now we're kind of is in this place where we don't have a lot of detail and it hasn't been a problem. Right. And we're not saying there's a problem. Yeah. We're just saying we want to be proactive. Yeah. Right. And I think by starting to get that data, looking at it, and you might tweak things here and there as a, as a decision maker, as the, the bios advise, but they don't have that data piece yet. Right. So how can we help out as far as, is it inventories? Is it identifying that winter habitat? Like, okay, and then we find out what we got. Can we drive some up? You know, is, is that necessary? And what mm-hmm. levers can we pull to do that? Is it yeah. prescribed fire? Is it uh, predator management? Like, what do we have to work with? Yeah. 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 When you say predator management being one of the focuses, is that mainly focusing on wolves and coyotes or bears as well? Well, as a species, like when they have uh, collars on sheep through other studies that they've done in the past, there's always, they get a mortality signal and they can go in and investigate. Well, there could be, you know, there's, do- there's documented wolverines, golden yep. eagles, avalanches, uh, yep. wolves bears like it's all, all of the above right mm-hmm. some of those have higher significance than others 
and I'm sure it's localized to certain areas as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a big piece. It's a, it's a piece, but there has to be predation too, right? Right. Like that's a piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Like, so I think, okay, if there's a predation event, does that sheep herd now have an adjacent piece that they can go to and they can still have adequate feed and have a secure escape train and everything else and then that predator can go work them again over there or whatever yeah or if that predator event happens do they just get pushed into deep snow yeah and right. it's just to kill off the whole herd yeah right so yeah. you can kind of start to, as a as a if you're to manage it you could look at it a bit differently and that's different from place to place to place and they're yep. all different ecosystems and i don't think we'd ever figure it out yep. but you can probably yeah. pull the trigger on a couple levers and help things a certain way right yep. and then try to and then get that feedback loop look for that data based but, on the data that you guys are finding what's your opinion on the whole grizzly hunt oh there's what data uh, <laughs> yeah fair enough i mean but, i mean there's a lot of bears yeah there's a lot of bears yeah uh I was saying to another guy the other day, like when you, for me, I trap a lot as well, right? Yeah. So you kind of start to see how th- some things change at different curves, like predator population. The recruitment that I see is typically higher, so you, your population can grow exponentially. Where like an ungulate population is going to be a little bit more of a linear growth, right? Yeah. Uh, if it didn't have any other big effects as far as bad winters or whatever, um, so. Predators are always going to be on the increase. Yeah. And ungulates are always going to be on the decrease, typically. There's things that can help the ungulates, like fire. Yeah. You know, lots of lots of ungulates are, are fire-dependent species. When we look at the fires in the north, obviously caribou aren't, so you kind of have to, we have to bring that piece into the puzzle too, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't remember what your question was. Oh, oh the predators. Bears, it was, yeah. yeah. Uh, the whole well, gri- grizzly well, bear. Well, what we can do. Well, the grizzly bear. Yeah. It's, like, like region six. We should be the, hunting them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I fully agree. I, I wanted your opinion on it. Yeah. With uh, yeah. in Region 6. I the, think we will again one day. Yeah. I mean, th- that piece comes, but... We have to bring science back into the conversation instead of just... We have to bring science back into the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that seems to be And that'll where, come. Hopefully. It'll come. Yeah. For sure. Do we need a change in government, or do we need the government to open their eyes to the science? Because that seemed to be when... I NDP, think that's more likely that'll happen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, NDP and Green came in. It was oh, we've got three years right now or four years now, right? Yeah. So what can yep. we do in four years? Yeah. You know, I think I think then it's not it's not a province wide thing. It's not a it's not a paintbrush. It's, no. Those are different. Like what? Okay, now there's bear now there's grizzly bears on Vancouver Island. Yeah. <laughs> Great. It's probably there. You know, it's there's probably they were probably there in the past. Yeah. You know, yeah. you look at Region Six and the Taltan, um, putting the unofficial bounty on grizzlies and saying telling the government we need to open up grizzly hunt again just due to numbers yeah and putting that thousand dollar just our people we're going to throw this bounty out there because we need to start controlling it hopefully the government will listen to them because they don't seem to be listening to anyone else at the, at the moment when it comes to the grizzly bears but it's uh it's yeah. tricky oh well, i think it's you know I've, I've i've been pretty lucky to go over there i've met chad day i've yep. i've i've uh you know, I respect a lot of what they're doing. Yep. You know, and more yep. power to them. Um, <clears throat> yep. Sometimes the big ship doesn't listen, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and if they have the power to do it, then great. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, I think sometimes it's hard to understand situations when you're not living in them. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah you don't... Uh yeah, if you've never, uh, in, in grizzly hunting, I mean, even looking back at the limited entry days, 
we under harvested those numbers like greatly yeah. and our our kill ratio was m almost all males like it was a perfect layout right yeah we didn't dent the population a bit no but it kept problem bears kind of at bay it kept interactions a little more social and etc etc and it was also a good income stream for you know the guides the outfitters it just added more dynamic you get a spring season and a fall season you could spread out your hunters you could you know just do a lot better yeah plus it was a great thing to do in the springtime because what else are you doing yeah yeah i mean they're just a beautiful creature oh i mean we have had some nice and scary experiences with them <laughs> Spend enough time you out know, there, and you will. Beautiful yeah. hair. Yeah. I mean, what a pretty creature. Yeah. Right. But I mean, yeah. and you're never the same. Stone cold killing. You know, you have you have them snapping their jaws outside your tent. You have a different appreciation of them than somebody yep. else, right? Like, yeah. I like them. I like that they're there. Yep. You know. Oh yeah. But it's nice to be able to when you're riding into the mountains that you have a tag in your pocket just in case you have that bear in camp or whatever, yep. right? Like, and then. <laughs> You're probably going to help the unglets in that valley before winter, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, just gonna, the numbers that yeah. one grizzly takes, or one bear, yeah. even block. And most takes of the down. time, that's going to be in any population. Your 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 likely harvest is going to be that juvenile population. Like the ones that are in camp are probably going to be those ones that, you know, they're they're four to mischievous little bastard. That four <laughs> to eight, and they're still learning, and they're curious. Yeah, and yeah. they don't really have a spot there. They're yeah. looking for a spot. And they're hungry, and yeah, yeah. And, and and for guiding too, I mean, what if when it does open up? I mean, it's going to be great for the outfitters. Yeah, you yeah, know? they'll be thick. Yeah, why not? Who well, wouldn't want to do that hunt? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And some good old population too. Yeah, you know. And yeah, to hunt a grizzly. Oh, every every sow I see has triplets. Oh, yeah. All, yeah, they're all just about as big as her. <laughs> oh, yep. They're doing well. So they were doing well for a long time. Maybe <laughs> they'll run out of moose. I don't know. It sure seems hard to find moose in the Muskoka Chica nowadays. Yeah. Well, talking to the guys that have been going up there, even just Rod and Tim, talking from 35 years ago when they were up there, and the moose and elk populations, and how you'd see two, 300 elk in a trip, yeah. and see 20 wolves, where now there's talk of the herds of 200 wolves up there, and you'll see 20 elk. Like Those numbers have drastically shifted in the last 30 years. Yeah. And uh, and what's it's that a balance like? and it's a cycle too, right? Exactly. Yeah. The wolves will eat themselves out of house and home. Yeah. And then yeah. they'll go to the neighbors, and then there'll be, you know, packs fighting. And I, I hope, I think, that there's going to be a lot more wolf science come out of all the caribou recovery stuff as well. Oh, yeah. And there already has. Yep. You know, but yeah, that'll sure. that'll that'll put a big part of the puzzle together too, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. On what would be sustainable? I think that's the biggest thing is. Everyone wants sustainable. I think we can yep. all agree upon that. Oh, yeah. Whether yep. it's, whether they it's have a, a place. Is it opportunity or success? Mm -hmm. Or just knowing that, you know, that piece of nature is going to be there for the future too, right? Yep. Yeah, so sustain, sustainability. For sure. Yeah. I think all groups would agree on that. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah, that's kind of, anyway, that's kind of how we try to run. Anyway, how we get where there. We, what we can do. Like, that's the nice thing about being in society is that we're not... We can think a little outside the box. We don't have to stick to what's been done for the past yep. 40 years. Yeah, and you're not just managing sheep. That's the big thing, right? Well, yeah, as, sheep, as far as sheep, it's a trickle-down effect in my mm -hmm. mind. Like mm -hmm. Just like they're the monarch or the mountain or whatever. They're the, you know, 
if you have a healthy sheep population, you probably have a fairly intact ecosystem. Yeah. You know? Makes sense. Uh, yeah. So I think if you can bring that back in a lot of ways, it's just going to be healthier for everything. You know? I think a prescribed fire you got, you know, for, for, for flower, wild flowers and bees and insects and all the way up to mice and your weasel populations and fisher populations. Yeah. Wolverine food. Like, yep. Takes it all. Yeah. Takes it all to work. More yeah. that's prey populations, less stress on the bigger ungulates too. Yeah, and we can everything see th- likes to eat something smaller than fight with something bigger. Except for a wolverine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wolverine did not get the memo. <laughs> they, don't. They, don't. they don't fight fair. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think we got we can do some good things in the north here if we all get it worked out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a matter of setting those objectives and actually really drive, being able to drive to them. And getting the money. Got to get people... Build the plan, the money will show tickets. up. That's my thought. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. There's a lot of people that want to support all around the world what we got here. You know? Yeah. So, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And if you want to come here to do it, yeah, throw in a little extra versus yeah. just your guide outfitter fees, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to benefit you in the long run. Yeah. You know, if, you, if you're from America, like I'm part of the, you know, Wild Sheep Society of, of course, the head one. Yeah. Man, that's American-based, BC and Alberta, you know, so I yeah. spread it out. Yeah. Sheep's global. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you look at, you look at, uh, that's the beautiful thing about social media too, right, is you can, I've been able to follow, you know, guys in Russia and Azerbaijan and, yeah. and Asia and, like, Iran, you yeah. know, like, and they might have to, like, Iran has some different policies on hunting right now, but like, you should see those Uriel that they got oh. there, man. They know how to farm some sheep, like, yeah. little bo peep over there. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like, you know, there's places all around the world that are doing it really well, and there's these examples. Yeah. Um, well, and globally, hunting as a whole, whether it's one species or all species, I find we're, we're in a very positive direction for the sport of hunting. Um, where rewind the clock 20 years and the epitome, not the epitome, but the hunter was the the beer drinking guy shooting road signs and had a bit of a Bambi. Let's take it all the way back to Bambi. Hunters became vilified with Bambi, killing Bambi's mom, that sort of thing. But I'd say in the last while, due to social media, due to people like uh, Meat Eater, Joe Rogan, those sorts of things, they're trying, they're putting more of a positive spin back on hunting and we're seeing a lot more i'd say city folk that are accepting it or coming up to try hunting and yeah. not just for their figuring out where their vegan tacos come from or whatever like it's yeah. it's, it's got more of that positive you know what if i harvest my own animal versus buying the the injected full of dyes and stuff from safeway yeah um we're seeing a a major shift in the view on hunting now on the flip side <clears throat> Joe Rogan was talking about it that there's not enough animals in North America if everybody took up hunting for all of us to to do it and for it to be sustainable so that got to find that happy balance so it's it's great that we're getting the positive spin on hunting and people seeing it as as a resource to be utilized but without getting over um, hunted yeah whenever I go to the states and you drive around and I've got to drive through a little bit of it anyway like it's higher density than BC, right? Yeah. I think if if you were to think about that as BC alone, like what what is our what is our usage for that wildlife on the land? It's quite high. 
Yeah. You know, I think I think a lot of people could. And then even back to the city folk thing, like I'm from the South Okanagan and we were, you know, Okanagan's kind of got its own mindset. Then I moved here and I loved it here. Like my wife's multi-generational here and we're definitely not going anywhere. Like I love <laughs> yeah. it. But uh, there's a lot of people in the city that aren't. That's yeah. what, that was one thing I've realized a lot over the last couple of years because just our group is quite diverse. Is there's yep. there's a lot of people getting after it from the cities yep. for sure. Yeah, social media was terrible for hunting. Like <laughs> it didn't do it any good. You know, there's just there's no nuance in that image. Yeah, that people see, or you don't know what state they're in when they see it, right? Or you don't know where they're from or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't put anything on my social media as far as there's no dead animals on there. Yeah. You might see a horn stick out of a pack, but that's it. Yeah. Like, and I just, just, just how I want to run. Mm-hmm. I think as far as like a, on the director's standpoint, I think that's been able to help me communicate with a lot more like the other side of yeah. the group, the more the, the environmental side. And just cause like, I'm not, I don't need to show it. Like I, those photos get taken. Yeah. Those are my photos, and they're in your photo. I like like that coffee table book kind of yep. thing when your buddies come over. Like, yeah, that's uh, whatever, right? I mean, you can still trying to. I think the nice thing about social media now, like that, exposed a lot of us, and now we've seen how detrimental that could be. And now you see the people telling a story better, right? Right. The whole one campfire aspect. Yeah. 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 And that's that seems to be getting by in my mind. Like just mm-hmm. across, you know, you talk to people you. You live in a job, work, work in a place, and no one else hunts. Well, try to talk good about hunting, yep. you know, and just right. and, or trapping or fishing or yep. whatever. Well, and that comes down to the the tasteful or the level of taste within the photographs being taken as well. If people are posting, is yeah. it the the tail, the, the tongue the, hanging out? Yeah, the gut and skin photo or the yeah. But then you can have a little kid holding a fish and nobody cares. Like, what's the different? Yep. Life is life, right? Yep. Exactly. But it's perception, know. right? Yeah, yeah. It's perception. It's perception. And like perception. Whoever's in the right mood, right? Yeah. The PETA yeah. groups can spin it and... Yeah. And oh, get, yeah. It that. can always get used against you, right? Yeah. No, yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, lots of ammo on the coffee table, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And then the whole trophy hunting conversations come up. And no, it's... Interesting conversations come from it, though, for sure. Yeah. Really, I think, but then like the importance is that you still have to... You still have to sell hunting. Like you still have to be an advocate. Oh, for, for hunting sure. Because, like through that, I see it now with young kids. Like last year, I might have not went to the mountains or anything, but I made it my goal starting like last. I think we started like last March, because I was going to take my fishings a lot more. So then last year, I got, like I got the hut, started ice fishing harder. Yeah. Uh, you know, river fishing. Ice is great for up here. It just gives you so much more access. Yeah. If you don't yeah. have a boat. It's eight yeah. months out of the year. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I put so much. Time and trying to catch those kids fishing or get them to catch a fish, and but like they could, you could cast in a puddle, and they're like they know they're not going to catch anything, but they love it. Yeah, they oh. love it. So I mean, that's the best thing you can do is just take the take next out. generation out, take your neighbor's kid out, like take take a friend along. And that was a bonus. If they like it, they'll like it later. Yeah, oh, that was nice. a bonus for COVID for me. Was we just bought a crappy old truck and camper as a camping unit, and we were out in the bush way well i mean we were we were in that camper 12 times last summer for a full weekend or a week or whatever it was and out the sakanka and and just throwing a a line in the water my two-year-old just loved it she didn't have a hook on she had a little fish on like (laughs) and she just loved standing there and i'd pull the odd one in and hand her and let her reel it in and it was just amazing yeah they'll remember that forever yeah oh yeah 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 and took her ice fishing 
here over over New Year's and stuff, and yeah. she was only up for maybe five minutes of ice fishing and was here fishy fishy and trying to reel, pull one in and stuff, but just to get her out there, yeah, experiencing it. Yeah, they love it's it. Amazing. You know, kids sometimes will kick and scream to go outdoors. Yeah, you know, trying to get them off the screen or whatever. But once they're out there, it doesn't take five minutes. No. That kid can turn around. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Give her a stick and a pile of mud, and she's yeah. happy for hours. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. No. Good place to be in the woods. Yep. 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 Well, and, and like you say, to me, that's what it's, what it's all about, getting the kids out there, getting them into the passions that, that we have yeah. with outdoors and seeing that there's more than just a screen that they can be yeah. enjoying the world through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so easy, right? Yeah. Like, if you got a lot of things on the go, and I mean, I got four kids. You don't understand. Holy. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that temptation's there. It's just like, oh, I just need half an hour myself to get this done if I just pop on a movie. Yeah. And, but then you could, after a couple of weeks, you can see that. It's like, that kid is being an ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, time to get to work. Time yeah. to get outside. Yeah. Yeah. When the screen time, it's so addictive, I find it. At a young age, even with my nine-month-old or ten-month-old, whatever whatever he is, that if you have a phone out, he's reaching for it. Yeah, just the the glowing screen. He wants to be yeah. holding it. If you take it away from him, look out. That blue light. <laughs> yeah, that blue light. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Let's get the yeah. kids out. Exactly. I, I, it's nice because now I can see like my brother's kids. Like they're starting to hunt and have success, and you can see how happy it makes them. Eh? Like yeah, all those years of tagging along and. Yeah, you just got to make it fun and easy. I find that like keep them warm, yeah. keep them fed. Yeah, I took mine for fed. a couple overnight moose. Hundred percent. I took mine for a couple overnight moose hunts in my jeep, and like we'd sleep, and then and, like by like ten a.m. I'm like, here, have a pop. Like, just stay good, yeah. <laughs> stay <Yeah>. quiet. <laughs> yeah, and then, but they they just want they're just waiting to go the next time, right? Yeah. Like, oh, there's no chance I'm gonna get anything. I told him like I'm only shooting something first thing in the morning when I got all day to deal with it. Like yeah. there's no night hunting around here. No. <laughs> We're just camping. Kids, each one of you hold a flashlight. Yeah. <laughs> Bring lots of rope. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Wild Sheep Society. When I was on the website, um, is there an ambassador program or something like that as well? Just talking about the kids made me think about an. Yeah, I think we have some ambassadors and they're photographers. Oh, okay. I don't know much about that. Gotcha. So like the whole, like my main focus is, uh, when I got on it, you kind of probably made the mistake of putting my hand up as like, as I didn't really have a vision of what I wanted to achieve. I yep. just saw the opportunity. Yeah. I'll help out wherever <laughs> and I can. it's the first time I've ever been a director. So you kind of start to like try to connect the dots and take a lot of swings and a lot of misses and yep. go from there. Right. But, <laughs> Yeah, so I now I'm on the raffle committee. So like when we do when we had all those raffles for the event center, like yep. organizing all those nine raffles. Yep. Oh yeah. All the applications and all the processing for that. Um, Lotteries and raffles are quite in depth, eh? Yeah, there's some to them, and then the reconciliation, and the drawing. It's something I really <clears throat> like. Like, I've I've been putting in for raffles for years, and I've had some success. And yeah, I mean. It's something that I can always budget a little piece for. Like, that's one way I can give back. It's like, okay, who can I... You might not always get something, like at a silent auction or whatever. You, you know, got... might not get something. But when I see that, like, one in 300 or yep. like, one oh, in 250... One in 100 like, and you yeah. got a $100 bill in your hand. Yeah, I, yeah I'm a sucker for that. It's easy oh, to do those right. six, 800 bucks at those yeah. ones because oh, you got good odds. Yeah. And it's a donation. Yeah. It's going to a good cause. Yeah. Yeah. I want to yeah. feel and that way about LEH. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the dream. But yeah. And I just feel like, I don't know what I got to do, what yeah. I got to put in this envelope to make yeah. this work. I always tell people, I, I staple a 50 to back in my card every time. Yeah. 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 Then they went online. Yeah. Yeah. And an LEH, you know, it's a one to eight odd, and you're like, man, that's high odds. I don't know. You know. And yet, I'll buy a eight, 300 yeah. or 401 ticket thinking I'm going to win yeah. every That's the time. thing. You could put in a 1 and 8 for 12 years. Yeah. yeah. You know, more. It does, doesn't matter, yeah. right? Yep. Doesn't mean anything. Nope. I, yeah. <laughs> I do like the lottery style. I think sometimes when you have the preference points, it just gets to a point to where, you know, you got to put 20 years in. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. 20 to life, eh? But that's, yeah. that's also like, that's just, it's not there, right? That, no, but you that, don't have that. Well, I guess in the, even the lottery one, there is a chance of you to draw as a first-time applicant as well. Yep. But it's a very little one. Yeah. But so you're still swinging, but yeah. weekly. I got moose the first year I moved here, and really? I didn't even like didn't have any clue what I was doing. I had <laughs> and, like I had a quad, and it was an November hunt. It was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Never been able to draw again. Huh. I was able to tag along on a, on a horseback hunt for bison, and that was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. a blast. Oh, it's different. It's a fun time. I really liked oh, it. Yeah. I went once. Yeah. Awesome. We, yeah. I took took part in a bison hunt. Would have been probably 12, 14 years ago now. I wasn't the one that drew the tag, but what an awesome trip. Yeah. We, we sledded in and skimmers and stuff and came out with came out with one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Four days in there and got one on the fourth day and it was a great trip. Yeah. I'd love to do it again, but yeah. again, doesn't sound like it's as easy as it used to be. <laughs> To no. get them now. Well, um, this season, they're gotta all have a little bit of snow. Yeah, yeah, snow, snow. Eh? Yeah. Like, you could walk in there with your flip flops right now. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of people, people that I've lived that have lived here a long time that even say it's strange. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know what that well, means. It depends what the spring would be like. Hey, like well, that's yeah. the thing. It's if like, we have a dry spring, coming? that could be a dry year. Very dry. Yeah. We have yeah. a regular spring. I think there's like. There's we had, we had that dirt. snow and then melt, yeah. snow and then melt. Like, yeah. is it in the ground or runoff? Do we have much in the, as a water table? Yeah. No. I think it's in the dirt because we were sitting high last year at the end, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I know some stuff at home heaved again, so there's lots of gr- moisture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little concrete. That's thing my gauge, eh? Yeah, oh, your steps are four inches up. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Same it's with this one wet back here. Yeah. <laughs> the door isn't opening anymore real well. Yeah. <laughs> moisture. So they have raffles, and then I, I re- originally I was on lots of the membership, and I kind of just stepped back from that, and I kind of just got it more into the project side. Like, once we got into the burns, like, it was like, oh, who could make the meeting, who can make the meeting, and then I just, we just, yeah, I just kind of focused on it. Yeah. That's the one thing, and yeah, it's been good, but I mean, I've got to work with a lot of good people on it, too, like, as far as different First Nations groups. Uh, the university level, yep. the biologists. Uh, yep. It's been outfitters. It's been really pretty neat. Mm-hmm. It's it's awesome that all those groups are wanting to take part in it. That's excellent. Yeah, the the the, the desires there. Yeah, the desires there. The appetites there. It's just start. I think lots of times just getting it rolling, right? And as long as everyone agrees on the method to get to the end destination. Yeah, yeah. So if everyone's yeah. on board, perfect. Yeah, you know, but that. You know, try to be as transparent as possible and always try to go for the right thing, really, is the key that we keep yeah. working yeah. on, right? Yeah. Yeah. We've got nothing to hide. No. No, it's a short run when you don't do it right. 
that's right. <laughs> Real fast. And we're done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a good run. Yeah. We did one project, and now we're blackballed. Yeah. Everywhere. So. No, the, the support's there. The support's there. The desire's there. It's just how do we get it done effectively, safely, and really start to develop that plan on how we can use it in all areas, mm-hmm. like all over BC. Yep. You know, how, how could this template you know, be taken to, it's kind of, you got to address all those values in the land base. You got to take care of all, address all stakeholders. Yep. If there's other work being done, like the caribou recovery program, like, uh, and then, and then get into, you know, kind of have to build the rationale for it there. It's not just, well, we can do it here just cause, right. Yep. So, yeah. When you look at around the piece, I mean, it can be used in so many areas. I mean, you have a lot of, you might have a lot of those linear disturbances now, but if we're looking at, you know, four different four practices and how to bring those birds in with say logging and everything else to like try to rebuild some of those forests, yep. I mean, that piece is there too. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a benefit that you can kind of translate to all these areas around or, or like where, what's our, on our riverbanks, like along the piece and other tributaries, what's our, what's our winter range uh, along yep. the beaten? Yeah. You know, what's our holding capacity for moose winter range? Yeah. Like that's, it's just assumed it's okay. Right. Right. So do you think yeah. in time the Wild Sheep Society would will fan out and focus on these other things as well? Or no. will that dilute it too much? No, we'll focus on sheep. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully other groups will pick up the models that you guys are. Oh, North Peace Rod and Gun Club is doing phenomenal stuff with the fire right alongside us. Nice. Yeah. yeah. No, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, in, there's a lot of groups. I mean, uh, rangeland tenure holders, agriculture, yeah. like. For, for range tenure like it's it's everybody's there yeah everybody it can be used community protection for as far as wildfire safety mm-hmm. like it can be used in a lot of places oh yeah massive yeah and there's some prime examples yeah. of and when you look when you look at yeah. like the, the 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 cycle of a forest you know it needs to go to that it needs to repeat that cycle from bushland to grassland like it always has it yeah. doesn't it's it doesn't need to be cut short just for 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 you know different objectives yeah mm-hmm. can't be all placed yeah you can't just all turn it into a pine forest right for yeah there's a lot of it yeah you know that's the objective of yeah. most things is just turn it all into pine forest because that's How much the most marketable trees right? <laughs> yeah. and nothing lives in that acidic crappy soil yeah right? end of story yeah you know? And then what's the best way to rejuvenate that soil? squirrels are only worth a buck a piece. And the best yeah. way to rejuvenate that soil is that after you harvest, to burn it. Burn it down. Yeah. Yeah, get all that nitrogen back into the soil. Yeah. And then it cracks open a whole bunch of good stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, like, your, bee, your your pollinators, you know, do that flower, the grass coming back in. That's the cycle, yeah. you know? That's yeah. the cycle. Yeah. So, yeah, man. What else? I don't know. I think we kind of hit just what everything on, on my point list uh talk a sheep podcast yeah <laughs> our uh past president kyle stetler he's uh he's spearheading that uh that's seems to be going pretty well as well so give it a listen i think uh they'll definitely try to use that as sound of some project updates they bring professionals on there and talk about some stuff mm-hmm. it sounds like there's one to two episodes a month going out right now yeah on, on average yeah just and you subscribe on youtube uh anywhere where podcasts are spotify, yep. spotify apple music yeah all the all usual that stuff yeah excellent it's called talk is sheep check yeah. it out talk yeah. is sheep <laughs> yeah it's a good title awesome and, and, and anything else that you'd like to touch on for the fundraiser that's coming up um here on february 6th is that right? February 6th, yeah. yeah. And we'll be starting in the morning, so make sure you follow the Facebook, and then you'll at least be 
you'll be able to go back and watch some of the some of the stuff we have for the day as far as information. What day is February sixth? Is this Saturday? Saturday? It is. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, that's the nice thing. It's, it's you can catch it live or recorded. Like some of our seminars might be recorded, but we're going to try to have a Q and A or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then we'll roll into the stuff that night. We got the we'll be drawing the raffle for the rifle uh, live there, so that'll be one to watch. We only have a couple tickets left, so <laughs> I think we maybe one. holding on some just for the live. Yeah, try yeah. And sell them live, but yeah, I have to. I, gotta, I mean, if people offer money, I got to sell them too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this gun's going out. We're going to do some filming. Do you guys want to see what it is? Well, I mean, did, you guys have donated it, right? Yeah, Greg, I'll let you uh, well, give sure. it a rundown. Well, there's the fancy gun for this year's raffle. Uh, we orchestrated this build with Corey and Robbie, of course, and then uh, Corey had secured a couple different pieces and parts through the society and however he bartered a few things yeah so he brought in a bucket of parts and uh we went to town on it and produced a uh, new firearm for the sheep society this year we did a a gun like this last year as well and they always go off hot right yep. um this particular one vortex uh optics of canada has donated that scope toward the wild sheep society this has been one of our top-selling optics this year. <clears throat> Excuse me for for the for the most part for lightweight hunting. Yeah, it's a lightweight scope with a custom turret that we're going to be ballistics custom Locking turrets is going to be laser etching. Yeah, and illuminated for uh, just for more. Yeah, uh, so more it's options like 19, 19 or twenty-one ounces 19. illumination yeah. locking turret. It's got all the bells and whistles that you want. You yep. can get it in a forty-four mil objective or a fifty mil objective. Um, three to fifteen power, yeah. Yeah, kind of all around ultimate scope. Yep. And then we, uh, Corey provided the action. The action is a defiance action, which is one of our main actions we use in our Rocky Mountain builds, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So then, what we did is uh, took Corey's provided action. We uh, installed one of our Corlane's exclusive carbon fiber barrels. That is an actual true sporter profile. So we can save you weight and still put it inside of a lightweight mountain type system. If, if you compare it to any other carbon fiber out there, carbon fiber barrel out there, you'll see it's quite a bit smaller. Obviously, yeah. if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see this, but check out the YouTube video. Yeah. We'll do some advertisements on these new lightweight barrels, but they yeah. shoot phenomenal. They're a true lightweight barrel um, carbon fiber app where when you look at the Christensen and the proof research, they're normally quite a bit uh, larger diameter barrels yeah. and these shoot phenomenal typical carbon barrel is approximately on average about 850 to 900 thousandths at the muzzle this will be 700 at the muzzle so a substantial decrease so we coupled it up with a nice slimline muzzle brake this is fully threaded and removable it comes with a cap we chambered this one in the 6.5 prc which has caught on to be probably one of the hottest calibers for western mountain hunting like it's it phenomenal. just checks all the boxes, right? Yep. And uh, we did a full-on custom paint job inspired by a burnt bronze Cerakote here. And, yeah, we're going to get out and do some shooting with here in the next couple of days in a weather window, collect some ballistic turret information, and then laser etch a new turret top on this with yardage indicators from ballistics.ca. So, yeah. So there will be videos going out when this goes uh, out to the range, we will send the videos to Corey at the Wild Sheep Society, and he will then show how this how this gun shot. Yep. And uh, we we already know how well it's going to shoot, but we want to prove it. <laughs> yeah. And show you guys how well it shoots. So 
There will be make targets you wanna, with this gun. Make you want to win it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's the must-have item. It's a hot rod. You got it. <laughs> yep. And it's a sexy-looking rifle. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, thanks for the support. Like, it's been good. Like, that thing's, like I say, it's been, I have barely even seen the post for it, and it's almost sold out, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> the well, support's I'm, good. And that was from the south and the north. Like, it's oh, all pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we, sh- we see the value in the Wild Sheep Society of BC and what they do and how they keep the money local. Yeah. And the money goes to the sorts of uh, projects that we like to see it go towards. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not going to an organization that then. It funnels and trickles out and pays this and pays that. And by the end of it, you have 10 cents on the dollar going to a project. We realize that this is one of those organizations that is worth getting behind. So we want to do what we can to help support. And uh, we will do, we'll we'll continue to work with you guys. Yeah, man, it's great. Like region, for for region six and region seven, we were able to put almost $105,000 on projects. And that's not including the FWCP money and the Habitat Conservation Trust Fund money. Yeah. That's a big chunk. Of so change. that's significant, right? And that's all due to the donors and the the supporters and the members and everyone else is buying into it. Like yep. mm-hmm. we can do, we can do anything. Yeah, you know, if we can all get on it, right? Oh yeah. The one question I have, without the event going, how are we gonna sell the wolf hide thirty six times? <laughs> you can buy it back online. Can you? Oh, okay, yeah. good. Is okay. That, I was like, how are they gonna do that? That's an interesting. Or hopefully yeah. we get the right person just to walk up and buy it for fifty k. Yeah, it'll work too. Like I'll. You'll sell for that. Yeah, I'll yeah. sell for that. It's if you a, got 50k lying around, buy the wolf hide yeah. and donate it back. Just a <laughs> teaser. So uh, this one came from the Caribou Recovery Program. It was awesome. flown out. Got I got it. Yeah. Uh, tanned it and it's ready to go. It was it was it's pretty beat up. Like it was a big beautiful colored male, but like yeah. on his back end he either got he got beat up by somebody. So oh, he had okay. a whole bunch of sores. Yeah. So it wasn't really worth taxidermy or anything. So don't keep it, even though it's beautiful. Like, donate it back. Donate it back again and again and again. That's I guess that's the been the really unique thing that I see at the north. Yeah. Like, oh. is that giving spirit? Like, yeah. Yeah. We what we, one year we had it donated back like twenty eight times. Yeah. Oh, it was massive. It, was it got huge. to the point where it was tiring. Like, <laughs> yeah. So like, keep keep somebody keep it. And I think we made like almost thirty five thousand dollars off yep. that hide. Yeah, you know, so that says something to us, like for the mem- for the membership and where we want to put our money. Yeah, like, that tells us right there. Mm-hmm. Like it makes it pretty easy. Yeah, for sure. You know, if that many people believe in it, that's a statement. Yeah, right. So, and that's you know, yeah, we spent one hundred and five. We'd like to. We're empty, and we'd like to. We'd like to fill it up and keep rolling. Excellent. Yeah. So, just to close this off, I'll get you to give us the website again, and I'll mess it up if I try and say it. Where do we go? Hunting be hunting online hunting auctions.com. Online hunting auctions.com. That's where you're going to go to <laughs> it, sign up. Sign up today. The same place that uh, the Wild Sheep Foundation just hosted their Sheep Week events and auctions through. And yep. it was, it was, you know, everyone was wondering, like, what's COVID done to the conservation fundraising? Yeah. And it came through really well. Excellent. Like, there was some hiccups, and like, you know, we got to worry about, I think, some technical bandwidth issues. and stuff like yeah. that yeah. right but yeah. uh that 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 online group really nailed it for sure you know Perfect. and it puts it to a totally different market you know and it's uh it's a global thing yeah you know and the, the nice thing is a lot of people believe in the north yeah that helps yeah like i'm optimistic that we can do some real good excellent well thanks thanks for coming in josh yeah good, it was good a pleasure to meet you guys yeah for and sure. uh and yeah so get online sign up 
and we look forward to seeing you all online for the auction and take part in the seminars and get the most out of it. And see if you can outbid me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of cool items, so like go on, check it out. I mean, oh, yeah. we have some for like domestic travel. Uh, I think, you know. Domestic travel, like a bus trip to Pooskoopy kind of thing? Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like the sound But, you know, that. like domestic fishing trips. Yeah. Or, you know, we have everything. 14 kilometer we round trip. We have, we have it all. And, or, or just like the gear, it's all there. Awesome. And I like we're taking on stuff right to the end. So on that timed auction and stuff. So yeah. if you have, if you want to part, you know, get donated to us and you can put your name out there and we'll add it on the, on the sheet. And yeah. That always seems to be that way too. Cause people always are like, even here we see spinoff from your event. Yeah. Companies in town will come in here and they're like, yeah, I want to donate something to wild sheep society. We're like, okay, well they've uh, got scopes. They got this, you know what they don't have this. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Now you have now have an ultra like camp package that wasn't on the roster before to really draw some more attention and, and diversify what you're raising money with. Right? Yeah. So just speaks to how much hunters are always paying for it, really. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then the sheep hunters, the same thing. Like when really stuff needs to get rolling, it's the sheep crew that's going to look after it. Yeah. You know. You betcha. Yeah. Excellent. Man. Great, guys. Well, awesome. Thanks for coming in. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in.